Welcome on in. I got to tell you about Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. The savings are on at Ken Garf West Valley Ram. Stop by our dealership during the Ram Power Days and take advantage of our special offers on select new models. Whatever you're looking for, we'll have it at West Valley Ram. Ken Garf. Okay. Joining me now, Ben Anderson. You've heard him on various stations. He writes for KSL Sports. Uh, Jazz. How can I describe you? Insider seems too trite. Just somebody who has followed the NBA and the Jazz for a long time. And I like to say insightful okay, rather than, than insight. So many guys say insider. Uh, to me, it's about the insight that you can provide. You can read his stuff at kslsports.com for sure. And he's going to join us the rest of the morning here. Uh, the Jazz... I'm a guy, admittedly, who tends to get a little bit on that emotional roller coaster, try to stay off of it, try not to get too high, too low. But when I see three, four games, and I went to the game on Monday, I watched the game on television against the Trailblazers, and I'm like, okay, I'm seeing what I'm seeing. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. I'm listening to what I'm hearing, and I hear a couple of things that catch my ear. Quinn Snyder, before the game, saying we're further along than we were at this time last year, which is a good sign. Rudy Gobert, consistently after every preseason game, you're in the locker room, you hear him say it face-to-face where he's saying it's preseason. So I get it. I don't want to be alarmed. There's been many teams that have been great in preseason and stunk and then vice versa. But what what should the Jazz fan level of concern be? I'd give – I wouldn't hit the panic button, certainly, but – it is very unjazz, especially when you've had Rudy Gobert, and, and even for only the last three games of the preseason, to give up 128 points, 128 points, and what was it, 126 last night? Yep. I mean, even just the fact that you have Gobert out there should prevent some of those baskets being made. And, and he hasn't looked as sharp as he did each of the last two years, and I think that'll come back, and some of that's just effort and, and understanding that you can't win a championship or get to the playoffs in the preseason, no. and I'm sure the Jazz have that identity. But you know, when you see Donovan Mitchell out there, he's playing hard. He's running. He's trying to play defense because I think he recognizes that. Hey, we got to jumpstart this a little bit. We got to figure out why this defense isn't working, and I got to put it on my shoulders to get it going. And you know, as a small guard in this league, you just can't really do it by yourself. You know, Gobert can do a little bit of it by himself, but with the way Quinn Snyder likes to rotate everything and and switch everything defensively, or as much as he does, giving up that many points is is a little concerning. So, how much do we put it on the fact that there's a lot of different factors? To me, it, it. Two factors come to mind. I don't know that they would necessarily admit one of them. But the first one, I think they would admit as far as, well, it's a bunch of new guys. And we've seen with international competition that you don't necessarily throw a bunch of guys together and have them blossom immediately. We've seen it. And that, you know, that led to the Jerry Colangelo and the Krzyzewski thing with the national team, that they were going to try to run it the way other countries run their national teams to where it literally is a team. It's not just picking a bunch of all-stars or a bunch of high-level NBA dudes, put them together for a couple weeks, play a couple of games in Vegas, and then away you go. And so we've seen that they've tried to model it a little bit differently, and they've had more success, obviously, with that. So I think that that's a factor, that you can't expect 
a bunch of new guys to come together and immediately hit it off. It just normally doesn't work that way in a game we can all recall many games where the so-called less talented team wins because they know where everybody's going to be. And that was one of the great things with the Jerry Sloan era is that for so many years, everybody knew what they were supposed to do. And Jerry Sloan was, I don't know that there's literally been anybody better in the history of the game who could take an average guy and make him look really good in that system. As long as you do what I tell you, combined with the two superstars, you can have a very productive career. And then we saw it many other places where they leave and they're not nearly as productive. So that system that Jerry Sloan had was awesome. And he took average guys and made them look better. So that's one thing. It takes time. The second thing that I think, and I'm not sure that they would necessarily admit it. This is my own thought, is that this team got transformed from an up-and-coming team to a team with a bunch of established people. You take guys like Jeff Green, Bogdanovich, Conley, Ingles. Those guys are all in their 30s. And are they sweating preseason? Are they paying attention to preseason? Now, they'll tell you, you know, you're going to try your best, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. And really, even the two younger guys, Gobert and Mitchell, are veteran dudes. They're not, this is not their first time. Mitchell is still a kid, but he's already been in the league. He's carried the franchise, the mantle, in a large part for two years already. So, And he just got done with international competition, as Gobert did. And now you're telling them they got to burn the oil, so to speak, in preseason? I'm not buying it. I agree. They're not going to go out there and give it their all. Now, I do think Boyan Bogdanovich is trying too hard. Maybe and I that's think that's why point, last yeah. night, I mean, he played 25 minutes and his, he had one point and was on a technical free throw and he had one assist. It's, and he acknowledged that sucked. I mean, he was bad. He was just bad yeah. last night. And, and the more he thinks, the less he's able to do. And, I, and Quinn Snyder said that after, after the game last night. He said he's not worried about Boyan and, and he'll he find his that, rhythm. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think you will see that from him because he's too good of a player. I mean, guys don't go from – it's not like they were doing anything with Nate McMillan in, in Indiana that was so special that no. he was unlocking him in a way that nobody else was going to be able to. And no, Quinn and, Snyder, and when Oladipo went out, he actually raised his level of play. So Quinn Snyder will find a way to get – a lot out of Boyan Bogdanovich. In fact, he reminds me a lot of the start to Mehmet Okur's career here in Utah when he and Booz are signed in the same offseason. Remember, Okur couldn't get on the floor. I mean, he came in out of shape. I don't think Boyan's out of shape, but he came in out of shape and Sloan didn't, know wanna, didn't want to find a way to use him or didn't know how to use him right away. And then by the time he was leaving, he was an all-star in a jazz uniform. I, I won't be at all surprised if we see a similar path from Boyan who ends up, you know, once he clicks in and once he understands what his role is and how much different it is from Indiana, he'll fill that and be just fine. But but early on, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And I do think Quinn asks a lot of his players. He asks you to know a lot. He asks you to do a lot. He asks you to know a lot of details. And when you start to make mistakes, I'm sure it starts to feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and it's starting to crush you. And when you're not totally comfortable with what the Jazz want to do defensively and how they want you to pass players off or funnel them into Rudy Gobert in the middle and you've never had a guy like that behind you, I think it's all strange. But for the most part, all of the newcomers are struggling, and I just don't think that's a coincidence. I mean, I think that tells you how difficult it is to come in and figure out what the Jazz are doing, but I think once they do figure that out, and I would suspect that's December, that's December. January. And January? Look, we've seen that. We've seen that from this Jazz team the past two years, and we've chalked so much up to their difficult schedule to start, but they keep having these great Januaries. Well, okay, yes, it helps when the, the, the schedule eases up, but they, were, they lost to Dallas by 50 last year in the yeah. first half of the season. Yeah. Okay, so clearly the team wasn't gelling. And then in the second half of the year, something happens, they figure it out, you get enough reps, and the team clicks. And I won't be at all surprised if we see that same thing. Yeah, the problem with that that makes me nervous is that I can look at the conference and say the conference is much better this year. So you, if you fall behind to the level of how many you fall behind, maybe harder to catch up because 
there's so much talent. Did any talent go to the East from the West? Am I missing anybody? It seems like all the talent that tra- that changed teams went to the West, and so or stayed in the West. Yeah. In the case of Westbrook and and Paul George, with the exception and, of Kevin Durant, yeah, everybody went. Yeah. Everyone came West, right? So and Durant's off this year. Makes me nervous that the task to get back or to get better up in terms of the standings to have the appropriate seating, I'm more nervous if there's a slow start this year. I would think this year with Donovan Mitchell, who I think has taken the next step in his career, whether we've you know seen it or you need to see it in regular season games or the well's still a little bit poisoned by what we saw in the playoffs where he struggled against the Rockets. I think he's taken a major step in his career, and I think he and, and Rudy together are going to be able to keep the Jazz over 500, even if the other guys are struggling to figure it out. I, I think they're good enough to keep this team together and keep them competitive, so they don't have that. So no that, 11 and 15. No 11 and 15. Remember, two years ago they were 10 games under 500 going into January. I, I don't. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah, we'll yeah, see yeah. that. They're not going to need to go 17 and three over a stretch to to find themselves back just in the playoff picture. I, I think they're going to hover around 500, maybe a little bit over, and they're going to have some losses that have Jazz fans scratching their heads. And, and there's going to be tough stretches where you're playing against a couple of teams in the West that'll beat you up, and you're going to wonder, okay, maybe this team doesn't work out, and it's just going to take a little bit of patience. Yeah, I think there's a natural ebb and flow to an NBA season anyway, no matter who you are. I mean, the Warriors had some right. stretches where Steve Kerr wasn't commenting on political stuff because the team wasn't doing as well. And so if we can look at them and say, all right, oh, this is a team that had a little bit of struggle. I mean, Miami Heat back in the day when they had the, the superstars and all that stuff. So that does happen. And you, you can't get too caught up because there's always a game tomorrow or the next day in this league and you're getting on a plane going to who knows where so if you obsess over this well then you got two or three others that pile up on you if you're not paying attention so I think these guys by and large the team and the most teams do a pretty good job of letting it go because it's going to come at you pretty fast and furious I just thought I just think that I'm wondering how much of the expectation now because for the last couple years really last three years what do you have what do we have with this team how good is this team going to be are they going to surprise us you know that first year wow that was awesome and then they come back and they lose a bunch of guys right but then they get as good right and so that was fun and then last year there was a lot of expectation and i think you know they pretty much met their expectation level i think last year yep well now everything is ratcheting up even more and so with that becomes with that expectation obviously if you're not playing that well and they haven't played that well in the preseason you start getting you start questioning how much do you think these guys are questioning or they're not questioning at all because they're a bunch of seasoned pros and they know it's going to take time within that framework of having it take time because it's going to take a little bit of time, they're not worried that there's an issue that really basically time won't solve. And I wonder if Donovan Mitchell is at that point in his career now where he's comfortable being the steadying force, even though he's just going into his third year. If this team does have a stretch where they find themselves and it's they're 7-10 and 10 on the season, is Donovan a guy who's not going to press? Because last year I thought he was pressing to start the season, and that's why he, he didn't oh, have yeah, a great yeah. first and half he of the year. that. Can he can he new stop year, new me or something? Yeah, what was can, that tweet? Can he stop doing that? 
Is he ready to not be that guy where he feels like, okay, I have to put this all on my shoulders and I'm going to make bad decisions because I think it's better for the team? Is he ready to do that? And I think in years past when you had Otavo Cephalosha, he was able to do it. Now, Rudy Gobert has the infamous tweet of, you know, we'll be fine. And when the Jazz were 10 games under 500, and he showed he did that, and, and the Jazz were fine. And, and Gobert, I think, does have some of that steadying force. Does Mike Conley, being the new guy in the locker room, does, does he have that input? I mean, he hasn't been on a good Memphis team for a couple of years now. Is he a guy who understands winning enough at this point in his career that, that he doesn't worry about the ebbs and flows? Does he not feel that way? Can Bogdanovich do that at this point? I don't know if he's a vocal leader in the locker room. I do wonder some if the Jazz have that type. And, and Quinn Snyder's probably going to have to do a little bit more tinkering with the lineup or experimenting with his lineup that, than he's had to in years past just because he has all these new bodies and he's going to have to figure out which five-man units work the best. That's exactly where I wanted to go next. You led me right into that. That's why Ben Anderson is a budding radio superstar himself. He read, now reading my mind is not the most difficult. It's pretty simple. I mean, uh, simple minds. That's a group, isn't it? Simple minds, yeah. yeah. What do they sing that song? What's that song? What's their famous song? Simple Minds. Come on, Yak. He's looking it up. <laughs> it's kind of a ballad. Simple Minds. What's the tune? What's your what's your true? I'm pulling it up right what's now. What's your true handle? What's my what? Twitter handle. Ben's Hoops. Ben's Hoops. Okay. If you got any questions oh, for Ben, go I know ahead. what it is. What don't is it? don't you forget about me. Don't you forget about me. Yeah. Rain falling, rain falling down. Don't you. Is that going to be the jazz theme song if they get off the slow slow start? The rain keeps falling. You like to sing on the air, Ben? Uh, I used to sing a lot. <laughs> I've been fired twice. Maybe I should stop. Simple Minds, are in the, Simple Minds are in the news right now. What are they doing? You want the headline? Yeah. Simple Minds singer's brother threatened to kill a fan of the band. <laughs> That's a good way to drum up support for your group. Do you have a brother with, that would threaten to kill anybody that was listening? No, I do not have a brother. Uh, well, I do not have a brother who's living. Okay. Uh, but uh, no. And no one who would go to bat for you like that? Well, my sisters are in Arizona, so but they listen sometimes on the internet. But the funny thing is that, and I've said this many times, we and I'm sure you've had this over the years, you take a lot of abuse you get a lot of pop-offs in this job. If you have an opinion, if you don't, if you don't have an opinion, well, then they like you. But if you have an opinion, they don't. Some of them don't like you. Although, never, ever in all this time has anybody been rude to me publicly. Never. Yeah, that's that's rare. I mean, they. I get nothing but compliments. Sure. In public, people are nice. They don't have to be nice online, but in person, generally, people yeah. try to be courteous. No matter where I am, uh, if they see me, they eh, enjoy the show, blah, 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 blah. On tracks the other day, riding tracks to the game. The guy said, I ah, man, just want to talk my head off. He was so nice to me. But nevertheless, will the rain keep falling down on the Jazz or will they get better? And I think they will. We'll get to that. If you want to have an opportunity to ask Ben any questions, Ben's Hoops. That's it. Your Twitter? That's uh, me. Obviously, I'm PK Canan, uh, 855-340-ZONE. Stay with us. we got more jazz coverage. Craig Bolajak. Is he coming up at the top of the hour, Yak? Correct. 905. Yeah, yeah 905. Craig Bolajak, obviously TV voice. He was there. He's called all the games except for one, for one in the preseason, gearing up for the long season ahead. We'll talk to him at 9 o'clock. Ben's Hoops and Ben Anderson, resident jazz, insightful expert. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. 
And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Utah Jazz dropped the preseason finale 126-118 to the Portland Trailblazers last night. C.J. McCollum led all scorers with 28 points. Donovan Mitchell paced the Jazz in the loss with 27 points of his own. The Jazz are off until next Wednesday when they open the regular season on Wednesday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Washington Wizards all-star guard Bradley Bill has agreed to extend his deal for two more years with $72 million on his contract. He'll be under contract for nearly $130 million over the next four years with the Wizards. Thursday night football tonight features an AFC West clash between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos at 6.20 p.m. Mountain Time. You can catch it on Fox or the NFL Network. And of course, you can listen to it right here on the Zone Sports Network. This Top of the Wire update brought to you by Action Plumbing. Action Plumbing Heating and Air are looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero team, paid training, health and dental benefits, and a 401k match. Call today and join the Action Plumbing Superhero team at 801-833-3333. That's Action Plumbing. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Joining us from Las Vegas, the Mountain West Conference Preseason Player of the Year, Sam Merrill. My co-host here, Scotty, he owns a home in Bountiful. Is there some kind of status that comes with stop being it, stop it. from Bountiful or, or raised in Bountiful? <laughs> stop. I've only been there for three that's years. A, Bountiful is, yeah, it's a great place. I don't, I mean, Scotty's not the best guy in the world, but he's all right. <laughs> pretty good commentator, pretty good radio guy. So, See, I, I would guess it's the land of mediocre people, I guess. Loose morals, but... Wow! <laughs> this got out of hand fast. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back in. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK. DJ is he's going to take a little time off, get himself ready for the huge soccer match Saturday night. You a soccer guy? Ben Anderson joining us? Yeah. Sure. Mm, that didn't sound all that convincing. To sure. tell you the truth. Sure. So, I don't know that I believe you. Oh, I hope they win. Who okay. Are they, who are they playing? Who are they playing, Yak? The Portland Timbers. Oh, yeah. That's the playoffs. Now you hope they win. It is the playoffs, man. The knockout round. Well, they've gone to like an NFL's format where it's one match. Yes, exactly. I need to tell you about Supply Link. Join the big show tomorrow, Friday, October 18th from 3 to 6 p.m. at Supply Link at 576 West 800 South in Bountiful. All right, Ben Anderson, longtime jazz coverer. Joining us, talking jazz. Preseason is now over. They've got six days, essentially, to get their act together. We're talking about whether we should panic, whether we should be concerned, or not have any concern. Gobert doesn't seem to have any concern. He's been repeatedly saying the same thing. And so I like that he's saying that because he's one of the guys who can make a difference. The rest of us can't make a difference. He can and has and most likely will make a difference going forward. So if he believes that, that's a good sign. But... Ben uh, covering the jazz for kslsports.com. You can read his stuff there. Going to be doing some radio work for us, too, on the pre-half and post shows going forward. 
the lineups are an interesting thing because clearly they've decided that Joe Ingles is going to come off the bench. Is that Can we assume that that's going to be the way it is in the regular season? Yeah, I think he's going to be the Jazz sixth man, and, and he's they kind of use him in a strange way. I mean, he's subbing in for everybody. Last night in the second half, he subbed in for, or in the first half, Conley, he, wasn't it? yeah, it was for Conley, and then at other times he's come in for Royce O'Neal. At other times he's come in for for Donovan Mitchell. So they can basically place him or plug him in wherever they want to, and that can be due to foul trouble, or that can be due to just wanting to make sure that they're staggering Conley and uh, and Donovan in the backcourt. Yeah, need. Uh, all, all sorts of stuff. I mean, he's a versatile guy, and he has been open from day one. He doesn't care about bench starter, uh, the guy. I mean, everybody has an ego to a degree, but I think that in my conversations with him off to the side, he's going to be on our show. Uh, what are we going to start that next Thursday? That's the plan. That's the plan where we've had the Joe Ingles show. This will be the sixth year now. The story of Joe Ingles is a great it's like a Hollywood story, really, when you think about it. I saw ESPN had him rated the 62nd best player in the league. You know who was 65th? Gordon? Yes, Gordon Hayward. I mean, Joe, come on, he's making double. Joe, you're only making 15 mil. Gordon's making 30, and you're three spots higher than him. Joe Ingles living the American dream, coming in and signing a $54 million contract. Is a- it's, yeah, it's a Hollywood story. I mean, you know, even got washed out of Los Angeles. I mean, he's got the celebrity story and then ended up in Utah and made it big. It is just an awesome story. Uh, I don't know that specifically if I'd bring him off the bench. I know that seems like that's what they're doing. I don't know who they're specifically saying they're going to start at that other position because they moved it around a little bit. What do you think is going to happen there? I I think a lot of it's going to depend on how well Boyan Bogdanovich plays early on and if he continues to struggle like he is in the preseason. Now, he'll start game one. Bogdanovich will. Right. I bet it's Royce O'Neal next to him. We've seen five different or four different starting lineups in five games for the Jazz in the preseason. Correct. The only repeater that we saw had Royce O'Neal in the starting lineup with Boyan Bogdanovich at those two forward spots. Because so Monday I, was Jeff Green, wasn't it? Monday was Green. Friday was a Friday before that when they took on the Pelicans. It was Royce O'Neal, and then again last night it was Royce O'Neal. So I would suspect that's what they go with. And I think Jeff Green's old enough that uh, and has been around long enough, I should say, that you can play him wherever he needs to, similar to Joe Ingles, and he's not going to care. He's going to understand his role. And Jeff Green's been maybe one of the few bright spots that Jazz have had so far in the preseason. But I would suspect you start with Royce O'Neal, and then I would bet before they make a change, taking Royce out of the starting lineup they would experiment potentially with putting Jeff Green in over Boyan Bogdanovich, but that wouldn't happen in the first five or so games unless the Jazz are winless. And they're not going to go winless. They should beat Oklahoma City coming up on Wednesday in their season opener. They've got another date with the Sacramento Kings early on, and they'll look better than they did the other night. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Jazz say, Boyan's drowning a little bit. There's too much on his plate. Let's put him up against some weaker competition, coming off the bench, going against the bench, put him next to Joe Ingles so he doesn't have to initiate anything, and just let him be a shooter and a little bit of a passer, and I think he can do that. Well, what the heck would be the problem there? Because I'm not saying that I disagree with you that I can see it happen, because obviously he struggled in the preseason, but you look at last year, he should be at the top of his game. Why would he struggle early on? It's got to be more mental than physical, isn't it? Quinn said something interesting last night, and actually uh, Dennis Lindsay had mentioned it as well during media days, which makes me think that there's there's something to it and it's something the Jazz are tracking. They, they don't often let things out like that unless it's something they've been looking at. And it's that Boyan, for the first time, maybe in his NBA career, didn't spend time with the Croatian national team. It's his first summer since he's been in the NBA that he hasn't played basketball over the summer. So maybe he's just a little bit rusty. Maybe he's not quite you know in NBA shape the way he needs to be. And, and, and that could be an issue. But Quinn brought it up somewhat unprompted last night. Uh, that, that this was the first time he hasn't played over the summer, so he picked up a ball, and maybe the Jazz just wanted him to relax and make sure he wasn't pressing his body too much. But 
he's still clearly trying to find his rhythm and get back into the flow of things, and, and that just might be the issue. But I'm with you. I mean, he's, what, 29 years old? He just signed a bunch of a big contract. He's in a spot with a team that, that should know how to use his skill set, and Quinn Snyder certainly is going to know how to use his skill set as well as any coach he's ever played for. I'm with you. I would think he would step in and be playing better than he has so far, but but he's not, and the Jazz have to make sure they cater to that a little bit with that investment. Yeah, because you look at his game, and he's a benefactor of a little bit of a good timing situation where the league has transformed and his skill is elevated. You know, maybe years ago it wouldn't have been as important, but his skill set that he has now, particularly on a team that literally hasn't had that skill set with his size and being able to move outside and also put the ball on the floor. I think that uh, you have to look at his athletic ability, too. He's not just a a spot up shooter type dude. Who's that? Who's that one one guy they used to have was just a uh, Novak. Yeah, there you I go. Say Steve yeah, Novak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Novak. Right. So, I mean, Novak was in the league for one thing. Yep. And, and, you know, he lasted a number of years. Good for him. And he was a good dude. Or Bogdanovich has more skill than that. He's not just literally stand in the corner, shoot. He can do more, far more, way more than that. His skill set allows him to be able to do that and what he's worked on to develop it. So, I certainly don't see any reason why he would struggle over uh, – by 20 games, he's got to have yeah. it, doesn't he? Yeah, he has to. And, and and I suspect he will. And Maybe that's what you do, though. Maybe you do put him in a Steve Novak role, not that limited of minutes. But maybe if the season starts and it feels like, okay, we're asking him to do too much, maybe you do. You just dial it back and you say, we need you to play defense because that's always the prereq for, for Quinn Snyder. But you say, we want you to shoot the open shot when you get it. Now, he hasn't hesitated shooting the ball, regardless of the fact that he's struggling to shoot it. He's getting his shots up anytime he touches it. But maybe that's all you ask of him. We don't need you to run the offense. We don't need you to run the pick and roll or put the ball on the floor. Shoot the ball if you're open. If you're not open, pass it. And maybe that's where you start with him game one, just to get him some confidence. That's why I wonder if they should have Joe Ingles in there with him. Because of those very reasons that you just said. There's a couple of things that come to mind. And I'm throwing stuff out there, and I'm not saying they should do this or that. I'm saying I'm wondering if they should do this or that. Because you look at Ingles, and he's a highly skilled player, obviously. And he's also a creator and a facilitator. And he can get you easy shots, whether they're at the rim, uh, in the corner, wherever it might be, he can get you some easy shots. So I'm wondering maybe if they should have Joe in the starting lineup because the last thing they need going forward here is in the first quarter be down 30 to 15. Yeah. And checking in Joe with a deficit. Now, they did come back last night, and that happens in the NBA. I don't really get caught up in first-quarter deficits. We've seen it a million times over that those things go away pretty quick, you know, unless it's 25 points, and that rarely happens in the first quarter. But I'm wondering, because they've had this crummy preseason, and they'll have a whole six days to work on it, five days of practice and whatnot to get ready, I'm wondering you know, what it might be in their best interest to start, Joe, to make sure they get off to a good start. And of all the players who can take pressure off of Bogdanovich is one of those dudes, Joe. I would think you know Donovan and um, Conley could also, too, obviously. But I'm wondering if Joe might be best suited to play alongside Bogdanovich. I'm throwing it out there. I don't know. I think that's the Jazz closing lineup. 
is you're going to have Joe Ingles out there with Boyan Bogdanovich. And if that's your best lineup, do you want to get them on the floor as much as possible? And you do that by starting them at the first quarter and starting them at the beginning of the second half. Yeah. And then closing the game with them. You could end up seeing that absolutely. And some of that will come down to how comfortable Quinn Snyder is with the players he has on the bench running an offense and initiating an offense. And I actually thought last night Emmanuel Moutier surprised me. I thought well. he played pretty well. He ended up with six assists. Yeah. I, and did, he looked good. Did he do that at all in New York? I don't know if he had six assists last year at any point. I'm sure he did just by being on the I floor as much the as Knicks, he was. So I have no idea. But 12 points and six assists. And he was actually a plus eight in a game that the Jazz were getting blown out most of the game. That was pretty promising. That, that that's, a nice, that's a nice stat line from him. And if he's comfortable being a playmaker, maybe you can give him more duties off the bench. I, I think you have to keep him in a tight spot where you're not asking him to do too much, but you're making sure he's involved and not asking him to do too little because he's got to be engaged. We're speaking about Emmanuel Moutier now. He's got to be engaged if you're if you're going to get anything out of him. I mean, he does need to have the ball in his hands, and maybe he's comfortable doing that off the bench. But but you can't overwhelm him either because if you do that and you don't have Joe Ingles coming off the bench, then you just don't have anyone running the offense. And I think that's where Quinn Snyder understands. I want to make sure Joe Ingles is there with that bench unit, easing everybody into it, orchestrating because Joe can fill in all the other roles that the other guys can't do, especially offensively because. He can step out and shoot the, shoot the three if he needs to be a power forward who's shooting the three. He can run the point guard position if he needs to and get the offense going. He can kind of do everything, and that covers up for a lot so of So that's mistakes. an interesting equation is you've got to have him there because the other guys aren't necessarily good enough and they need him there, and he's better than maybe one or two of the guys starting and the role that they would ask him to do coming off the bench, that the other guys, even though they start, speaking of a Royce O'Neal and maybe a Bogdanovich, those two guys, you wouldn't want them to put them in a Joe Ingles role off the bench because they're not good enough to be in that role, but they're good enough to be in the starting lineup. And it's almost like Joe Ingles is too good to start because you need him doing this over here because if you don't have him doing this coming off the bench then you don't have anybody capable of doing that coming off the bench is that what you're saying it's the Manu Ginobili model in San Antonio where he clearly was good enough to be a starter and was winning six man of the year awards or Lou Williams right now in Los Angeles he's good enough to start but but you liked him coming off the bench because of the spark he provides and how much he adds even if you're From starting the scoring perspective Sure, and, and that's certainly the case with Lou Williams. Yes, Manu Ginobili right, right. is very right, Joe but I'm Ingles. talking about Lou. Uh, yeah, Lou Williams, and you need his scoring. You know, yeah. And maybe they changed that this year. I can't imagine they will because they have so much scoring in that Clippers lineup. But Manu Ginobili going back could do a little bit of everything, could play For multiple sure. positions, and then you would start, what, Bruce Bowen or whoever it was at the two that they used right. to play. Right. Maybe that's the model the Jazz are trying to utilize. Sometimes that gets too cute. I mean, every team could move a good starter to the bench if they want to. I think this might have to do more with the limitations of the players on the bench. Yeah, so you need Joe there. Well, what about this? Because you're talking about Boyan Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles playing together and how, how well they could look in the starting lineup. Can you move Boyan Bogdanovich to the bench with Joe Ingles? And then you have a really good bench unit and you're truly so you're in green? seven deep. And then you put you know Jeff Green and Royce O'Neal in the starting lineup and you say, we think with Conley and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, there's enough offense there. And Jeff Green's been fantastic and he gets out and runs and he gets He's easy baskets. Kamai. He can get yeah. you 14 in a, yeah. any time of the any game, any year. I mean, he's he's in my mind. I thought that was a great pickup. You need veterans like him to under, who understand the game and just know how to play it and be able to do it. Maybe you know, Cephalosha had a lot of injury issues when he was here, but maybe a higher level of Cephalosha. Sure. He might be better than Jay Crowder. I mean, he's certainly been better than Jay Crowder so far during the uh, the preseason from what uh, Jay Crowder gave the Jazz last year. And a lot of this is just time. It's just going to take reps. And Quinn Snyder doesn't know. You know, he he doesn't know everything that he has yet. Some of it you just have to put pieces on the floor and see what works. 
Okay, and it's all relative to the competition. I want to get uh, to see how you're handicapping the rest of the West because this has an opportunity to really be tough this year, and that's one of my concerns. I don't want to see the Jazz fall behind and have a bigger hill to climb than they need to. I want them to stay competitive all year. We'll get to how you see the West. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. All right, you want to see the great PK out in public? Tomorrow is your chance. Come down to Murdoch, Hyundai, and Murray. That's 4646 South State Street in Murray. DJ and PK will be there. Frank Dolce will be joining us as we'll be hitting college football big time tomorrow, the day before the games. Huge games for everybody. Utah State, BYU, and, of course, Utah. The nationally ranked Sun Devils playing the nationally ranked Utes at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a great game. Look forward to that. And then BYU and Boise. And then also Saturday night, the Aggies got Nevada as they're back into conference play coming off a bye. I'm sure we'll have some jazz gear to give away. We usually do at those remotes. 4646 South State Street in Murray tomorrow morning. All right. Ben Anderson joining us now. DJ is taking care of some biz for a couple of days. And Ben Covering the Jazz for KSLSports.com. I'm going to do some radio work for us. The West. Um, I was talking to this about DJ to DJ the other day. Normally, when we start the NBA season, I am just eyeball deep in college football, and it's like uh, I don't really get the Jazz. You know, we watch every game, but we don't really hone in on it until Thanksgiving because you have that break. The way the college football season sets up, the regular season ends, and then we wait a month or so for the Bulls, right? So it leads you into Jazz talk big time. This year, I think it's obviously going to be different. It's going to be from day one, not just specifically on the Jazz, because the Western Conference is extremely intriguing with all these changes. Everybody, with the exception, even Portland to an extent, has made a few minor changes, maybe not the major changes that some of the other teams have made, uh, but there's so much change, starting right off the bat with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Obviously, they make a major move and bring in Chris Paul and and uh, what's-his-face, uh, Gallinari's coming in, and, and so we'll see about that. I, r- I heard a rumor Steven Adams for Gordon Hayward, and that would be kind of funny huh. if that happened. Uh, but anyway, give us a quick synopsis as far as handicapping the West. I think... Everyone's going to face adversity, minus the teams that made the fewest changes. So I think the Denver Nuggets are going to come in. I think they're going to start red heart, red hot. I think Portland actually comes in and has a nice start as well, as long as Hassan Whiteside, and you saw him last night. I know he went out with an injury, but as long as he's healthy, I bet you at that backcourt and the consistency that they bring back from last year and the continuity they have, I bet they're good. I bet everybody else in the West starts a little bit slower than we're expecting. I really? don't think anyone jumps out. Even Remember, Clippers? Even the Clippers. Paul I, George supposed to be out a little bit. Paul George going to miss all of October. I bet you that starts to uh, wear into November a little bit. I know we've seen Kawhi Leonard step up, and he's looked good in the preseason, but I bet you he still only plays 70, 75 games yeah, this year. Yeah, he only played like 60 last year, yeah. didn't he? So they're going to rest him. I mean, they're going to find ways to strategically uh, rest him, and they've got the depth that that's going to be okay. Otherwise, maybe New Orleans gets off to a hot start just because they think they're going to catch some people by surprise. Sacramento could 
have a hot start like they did last season, but that's going to fade as the season goes on. Lakers are going to be really good because LeBron's still one of the best players in the world, as is Anthony Davis, and I think they'll be good, but they're not going to be fantastic early on because they're going to have to work out how some of those pieces all fit together. Russell Westbrook's been an abomination so far in Houston and hurt his fingers last night, broke a couple of fingers or dislocated a couple, so... He's been awful through the preseason, can't shoot, and that's what the Rockets need you to do. So the teams that have consistency are going to be good to start the year. And then everyone else is going to have to uh, have to find their footing a little bit, including the Utah Jazz. And that's why I actually think you won't, I won't be surprised if by December 1st, you know, mid-December before the Christmas break or, or as we start to get ready for some of those Christmas Day games, if you've got teams three through eight in the West, maybe three through 12 in the West are all within three or four games of each other and all within four or five games of being uh, a 500 team. I I just don't think anyone's going to jump out to an extremely hot start, maybe with the exception of the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers. I I just got to take a while. All these teams did something radical in the offseason, and a lot of it was a knee-jerk reaction. And knee-jerk reactions in sports generally aren't good reactions. A couple of teams did really good moves. I think the Jazz were smart. Obviously, you have to love what the Clippers did, and I like what the Lakers did. But making moves just to make moves, which is what I think Houston did, generally comes back to haunt you. I find, you already mentioned Houston, and to an extent the Lakers. I find the Lakers being fascinating. They're high-flying when they played the Warriors uh, on TV and everybody yucking it up and all that stuff, and that's great. But I'm really curious to see what Anthony Davis does because – yeah, he's been a supreme talent. He's got the height. He's got the skill. You know, you can put those two together, and it's really spectacular. But he's been doing it basically with no pressure, no spotlight. New Orleans obviously isn't a hotbed. I don't even know that they care in New Orleans. It's probably the Saints and then LSU. The Jazz game yeah. that they played at the Pelicans was the first ever televised preseason game they had at home. Ever. Yeah. That's the care factor in New right. Orleans. So what's it going to be like? You're You're – playing with the Lakers and they've got such a glorious history obviously and all those great players and LeBron's getting older and he wants you know we'd like to get a title obviously with the Lakers so there's going to be some pressure there and how's that going to be plus there's pressure in your own community because you got this upstart team sharing the same building with you and there's going to be that as natural comparisons there and now they've got a coach who's you could argue that uh, Doc Rivers is more accomplished than Vogel although I believe Vogel is, can coach basketball, but there's going to be so much pressure there that, you know, last year they're supposed to do all that, and they were they're okay, and LeBron gets hurt, and he missed 20. And LeBron being older, he gets uh, pulls a little hammy, and the next thing you know, that's 15 games because it takes longer to get back the older you get. We saw that last year. So I'm really interested to see how Davis handles the pressure because now you're expected to produce Big time. Where you know you were to a degree in New Orleans, but mm, nobody really cared. Do anybody's stats get better when they play next to LeBron? Kind of historically, they don't. I, I don't think LeBron's all that easy to play with. I think he's really easy to win with, and a lot of guys win with him. I know they didn't last year in L.A., but he went to nine finals straight before that, or whatever the number was. He's easy to win with. I don't know if he's necessarily easy to play with, and I'll be curious if that uh, if that inflicts on Anthony Davis. Oh, but, as you well. but you don't see a, a Chris Bosh like decline. No. Kevin Love, though, I mean, went from, what was he? No I mean, 25 points Big and 14 drop. rebounds Big and had drop. a ridiculous drop. And Dwayne Wade didn't fall off completely and was still one of the best you know scorers in the NBA but wasn't giving you 30 points a game still once LeBron joined in. And it's because LeBron is better at what you do than you are. 
So it's better to have the ball in his hands as a passer, as a shooter, as a scorer, whatever you need from him. LeBron's better at it. And that's going to include a lot of those same things for Anthony Davis. So I think you'll see his numbers drop back. Can you find a way to still be engaged and not feel like he's having a bad season if he's not putting up MVP-like numbers? I mean, it's one play. He had a sweet play where LeBron's driving and then uh, Davis is running baseline and it looks like LeBron's going to go up for a dunk, but he just flips it up to Davis and it's a big-time dunk and the place goes nuts because those types of shots always excite the crowd. So my level of interest in the NBA from the start of the season, I mean, it always progresses and gets incrementally better as the season goes on and we get done with college football and then following up getting done with NFL football. But I think for this year, I'm going to be honed in right from the start in a manner that I haven't been in recent seasons because of all these changes. All The, wor- the word that I use is intrigue. Yeah. All this intrigue. All right, coming up next, run this stuff by Craig Bullerjack. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280, The Zone.